Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Series 2, Episode 5. I'm Jamie Ward, joined as always by producer Scott Hamilton. It's Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin Fight Week in London and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. It's been labelled a new dawn for Anthony Joshua. It's also a new dawn for Matchroom this week as we welcome three new sign-ins to the stable. IBF World Flyweight Champion Showtime Sonny Edwards. He joins us to talk earning with Hearn and why he felt his move to Matchroom was always just a matter of time. 7-0 Southpaw John Hedges. He steps up to eight rounds this weekend. He's under the spotlight this week. She's part of Anthony Joshua's 258 management stable. Here from new sign-in 4-0 Shannon Ryan who was on stage with Eddie Hearn today alongside this man El Gatto. Jack Cattrall completes the hat-trick of new signings. He wants all the smoke at £140. All coming up on Flash Knockdown, so don't go anywhere. Well, myself and Scott will be filling you all in with what we've been up to behind the scenes at Matchroom over the last few weeks. And of course, looking ahead to Anthony Joshua's return live on the zone this weekend. But big news, first of all, IBF World Flyweight Champion Sonny Edwards has inked a promotional deal, a long-term deal with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing. He wants all the big fights and he joins us now. Sonny, here he is. Well, it's an absolute privilege. Sometimes we sign certain fighters and... There's a bit of a buzz amongst the matchroom staff, and I think it's certainly the case for this one. It's showtime. Delighted to welcome IBF World Flyweight Champion. Showtime, Sonny Edwards, to the matchroom team. Sonny, first of all, how does it feel to be a part of the team and just talk us through how we find ourselves in this point here today? Yeah, like, it feels good. It's very exciting. Um, new beginnings, you know, the process to sort of getting here, depending on where you start from, might have been a long-winded one, but since the conversations have really started happening... It's been quite easy and quite seamless. Um, not even just now for sort of negotiating where we've got to with our, our, our multi-fight agreement. Um, this time round, even when the Martinez fight was getting discussed, it was 24 hours and our side, my side, Matrim side, was all tied over. So I think it'll keep continuing like that. I'm, as I've said a hundred times, a very easy person to make a fight with. I've come over here as many things, but to get the fights, I'll be perfectly real. I've been crying out and trying to run towards the sort of big fights. But when there is, you know, cross-promotional and yada yada, all the boring stuff that boxing fans don't really care about, it just makes it a lot harder. Um, and there's no secret that, you know, between Matchroom and the sort of the network that the zone have got, they've probably got access to all the fights for me for this weight, the next weight and by the time I get there, probably the way after that, to be honest. I know you and Eddie have sometimes been known to have a bit of back and forth. I think a lot of the time it's probably been tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? I think you two have always had quite a good relationship. Signing for Matchroom, has it always been something that you imagined was inevitable, but you wanted to happen at the right time? Yeah, 100%. Um, like just on, like a, on, like pers- like on, on, on a personal career aspect side of things, Knowing one place, one promoter, one team have so many fighters that I want to fight, chucking myself in the mix of them probably isn't the smartest business, sporting, career move at any point. In my eyes, getting to the top and now coming in and, you know, well, I'm ready for all the fights. I've been saying I've been ready for the fights for a long time, but now we're really going to prove it because now we're, we're all under the same roof. And I'm saying yes to him, 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 him. There's no and then, excuses now. And then, and then there's, hold on, three opponents are saying they want a couple of fights. Because all I've heard, all my career I've heard next year or, or after this or, or yeah, we'll do it that way. Really, the, the conversations don't really get started. Fight poster pops out, but obviously now, um, you know, my promoter, 
Eddie, that sounds weird to say. <laughs> sounds good, though. That was, that was, it? Sounds <laughs> good. But now my promo, Eddie's going to be speaking with himself for most of the fights. It should be that a little bit more easier. Um, but now, really, really excited. I'm looking forward to getting my feet running. Um, ideally, big fight next. I mean, we we got some actual hashing out meetings to, to do about what the exact next step is, but that will be imminent. There's already a few sort of ideas, and, and I'm just looking forward to it. I think the most common gripe at the moment, and it has been for the last few years in boxing, is that the best don't fight the best often enough. Obviously, everyone has got the complete hump that Fury Usyk seems to have completely fallen by the wayside. And I can't fight myself, so now I've got exactly. to you know I mean? I've got I to find all the opponents. Based on your mentality, would you describe yourself as a bit of a, a throwback fighter in a lot of ways? Yeah. Um, someone described me the other day as an alien. <laughs> That's not very nice. Nah, but in a good way, they went, well, you can box, and not only can you box, you're willing to box. And not only that, you can speak, so... Yeah. For boxing, that's probably the trifecta. It's always been hard to the find fourth. these days. It's been the fourth post of the of the ring. It's been the fourth, you know, the fourth corner that I've been waiting for, which is the willing opposition. Um, I feel like, you know, without jumping ship and then like I don't know, talking down on any other platforms or promoters that I've, I've worked with, because I've had a great career. Like, let's not pull the punches. I'm 19 and 0. I've boxed various times on different TV channels and different countries and different stages and levels of fights, etc. But I do think now, the stage I'm in, there's the only real place for me to push forward and sort of excel and fulfil the potential that I need to do. And, and I genuinely believe that Matchroom, um, and really sort of trying to push for Matchroom UK as well. Um, I've not really said this before. This is my, my personal being. I, I feel like my last fight with maybe, like I was saying, um, not the biggest sort of promotion around me. I was kind of having to do a lot of things myself and, and making sure a lot of things, like especially on the undercard sort of fighters and being on to them to sell tickets. And that. Like, I wanted my last fight in Sheffield to be a success. And, you know, 4,000 in, in, in an arena or in a city that I'm not from as the main event headline. When you look at the undercard, there wasn't no massive ticket sellers. It's not bad I had, going. I had three fighters that I managed. None of them really particularly big ticket sellers and probably chopped into my ticket sales. Um, but it still was a fantastic event, I think. And now with that, sort of trying to mix in the world's best and biggest boxing promoter, um, not just by height, um, but mixing that in and you know maybe who knows Dalton Smith Janaid the other all lads all on a car together all right? that we've all got like, imagine what we can start bringing to Sheffield and, and also other places but for me really Sheffield UK Sheffield Arena Matchroom UK is sort of where I'm mainly looking to you know base myself I think too often and don't get me wrong I know I can't account for certain things and there's fights and there's reasons why you get pulled left right and centre but genuinely bringing it back to my home for the actual event, not just for home advantage, like just because I, I feel like I feel the size of the event more when I don't know I'm walking around my home city and people are getting excited. I'm seeing the billboards, I'm seeing the posters. It is really for me. My intention is to try and entice all these big fights to the UK, and I think now, you know, under the matchroom umbrella, I, I think the fights that we've been talking about, you know, the Bam Rodriguez's, the Martinez's, and even further afield than that, I think a lot of them are potentially as big, if not bigger in the UK, in fact, than the US. I've watched all the shows. I know the shows that haven't got 70% attendance or 80% attendance and they're probably piling quite a lot into the fighter and they're not really fighting anyone anyone cares about, so it's killing the buzz a little bit more anyway. But my, my experience will be totally different. So I yeah, I was going to say, let's be honest, just to jump in there. 
you know, the UK fan base is very knowledgeable. They would like to see a, a Ben Rodriguez come that, over. Exactly. So not only do they have me, who's probably been, they've been starved of my world title reign, apart from my last fight. I was behind closed doors a few days, uh, fights before that. Um, but the zone and, and Matchroom has built up, you know, Martinez with the fights against my brother, Jay Harris and further on, and, and Ben Rodriguez with his breakout year last year. There's probably a lot of British fans that you put Edwards versus any of these names in the UK, London, Sheffield, and I, I think it'll do really well. Totally I great. think much better than me going to the US even. So I want to try and make every event as big as possible. I want to try and make my division as big as possible. And I think I'm in a position now where if I chain the next three, four, five fights and I win all of them, I could go down as already one of the best fighters Britain's ever had I, and I, with Matchroom. I think I'll get the opportunity. Scott, I know you're excited about this one, aren't you? Yeah, you mentioned sort of three, four, five fights. Obviously, you're not going to be overlooking the, the sort of short to medium term, but I'd love to see Estrada and yourself. Is that something that you know, a legend, a modern day legend, who's uh, obviously, I think he's unified, isn't oh, yeah, he? He's, yeah. He, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 100% real and transparent as always have been. Three names have been mentioned to me as like a sort of, you know, these are the sort of fights that we want. And he was one of them, so... Yeah, I love that and, and, and I didn't, you know, turn my nose up or, or get any less excited about yeah. that one than the others. I think I want all of them. I, 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 I want to do it sort of where it makes consistent, consistent sense for my career. I'm talking, you know, right now would be perfect, would be a Martinez, bam, then someone like a, a Estrada yeah. and on to the next weight. That would be a perfect run-in, yeah. you know, maybe become one of the best flyweights ever and then look to see how, how I can take it on because... You know, if I go with this year and turn both Martinez and Bam on their head. Wow. Yeah. And, and why, 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 now why can't it happen? Yeah, I agree. It's and always, you know, I mean, a bit harder to make before. I was going to say, now we're under the same same platform. You know, let's have a little mini tournament. Well, it? Now we're going to see who really wants it. because True. because there's no hiding places now. There is not, there's no way out now. Do you know what I mean? There's no oh. promotional difficulties. There's no politics that seemingly should be able to get in the way. There's no broadcast difficulties. So like you say... Who wants it? Yeah, this is yeah, and I can't no, lie. There's nowhere to go now. And I can't lie. I think with this signing, there's going to be a few upset flyweights and maybe even super flyweights around the world. Honestly, I think I think a lot of people were happy that I weren't. Yeah, you just use that the picture, the so yeah, to speak. And yeah, I have yeah. been my whole career. Yeah, I have been my whole career. Um, I think we should do a tournament. Why not get Dakalan involved? I'm sure he'd be up for it. Well, I should be number one seed. I'll and, be wrong. And it could be done within. Price fighters back. It could be done within <laughs> a year. Well, if I if I had number one seed, I'm picking Martinez first to tie up, make my my. My name bigger to walk into the Bam Rodriguez fight, beat him, and then all of a sudden, I'm probably the closest thing you're going to get to a flyweight superstar. And you could do that in what, six months, realistically? Six, nine months. Has the Martinez fight got a little bit of a personal edge to it as well for you? I mean, I remember the night here when he boxed your brother Charlie, yeah, of course. But not, not really in the way you think. No. Like, it's more just so I can show everyone I'm the better brother. Yeah. yeah. And especially now, like... Well, yeah, we've seen the tweets now. recently, yeah. Oh, Edwards versus Edwards. I don't know what Joe Gallagher's been saying to my brother when he's hitting pads, but fucking hell. <laughs> out of, out of, first time in years he's even thought he could be remotely competitive against me, and that, that's the laughing, but that's the, that's the truth. He stopped sparring me when I was about 17, 18 years old. That's, that, that's the truth. Like, I was a bit shocked when I saw it, to be honest, from Charlie. I saw the quote, I saw the interview. Yeah, but I think he realised that he only gets views when he mentions his brother's name and fighting him, so I think that's what he's doing now. But now all the best to him. I just kind of, like, I'll be real... The way it's kind of with who he's around, like I, I need mm. to be able to really like care and, and get excited. Like, so it's hard for me to get excited right now about certain things in his boxing. But I, I obviously, I wish the best for him, and 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 I hope he sort of works it out. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me to be really excited when I've got personal gripes of where he is. 
I've got a great idea. I think we should give Sonny his own Matchroom podcast. Oh, no, I don't think you can afford me, though. Well, you know, no. now you're with the big boys. Right? <laughs> now you're with the big boys. That was actually in the small print in your new deal, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, there is a few bits of small print, though, for the, for the uh, promotion side of things. I'm looking cool. forward to Get it. Get on the com- comms and stuff. See you on yeah, the comms. Yeah, yeah, like I really, I'll be real. I don't mind speaking about it. I hope it's not too, like, no, you know no, what no, I mean? no, no, that's all good. Um, I really push for, you know, I want a certain amount of commentary slash punditry gigs, please. Like, just because it's always been something that I've been interested in building that side. And, and I'm string to your bow. But, but, but I've done like how I was doing the Mayweather. I know obviously it's a, an exhibition. I did the Mayweather vs. Chalmers. I, I commentated that. I've done a few other shows. When I was on BT, I did a few shows there. Um, so it's something I really enjoy. And like on the yeah, small cool. hall, anytime yeah. like they shout me and want me. Like I've got a good relationship with a couple of the small hall promoters that I like helping out and sort of practicing the craft, as it were. Yeah. But yeah, I do enjoy it. Bit of MC work as well, we fancy that. <laughs> I reckon I could do a good Michael Buffy, you know. <laughs> Give us it. I'm Go a on. good actor, no. <laughs> it's showtime, how about that? Let's get <laughs> Done, we'll get done for copyright on that no, one. No, but, uh, <laughs> I know. Sonny, it's uh, a privilege to welcome you to the Matchroom team. So excited for the future. So many big fights to look forward to and it's going to be a hell of a ride, mate. No, I'm looking to forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the... Le- oh, it all just sort of unravelling. Well, Scott, good to see you again. It's been a little while. I think it might have actually been three weeks. Three weeks, mate. Since we need to sort it out, mate. What's going on? So what's, what has been going on? I was in Antigua for a week. Back-to-back fight weeks. I had COVID for the first yeah. time ever. Finally caught you. Finally. I thought I'd beat it, mate. But it <laughs> caught, caught up in the end. You're immune. You're like the immune girl in uh, The <laughs> Last of Us. Well, obviously not, mate. Obviously not. <laughs> three weeks has flown by. Good to be back at... The Intercontinental Hotel. What, what a hotel, by the way. Beautiful. It's one of the favourite stops of various staff members on the tour. Best breakfast, maybe, I've ever had. What are you going to go for tomorrow? Uh, well, I'm trying to be good at the moment, so maybe just some scrambled egg and smoked bit, salmon. Yeah, I was thinking a bit of an omelette, maybe. Yeah, an omelette's nice. Yeah. Nice. Look at us, yuppies. Pucker hotel. Listen to though. us, eh? I mean, I couldn't afford to stay on my own, to be fair. So <laughs> no, exactly. You've got, you got to enjoy it fight week. <laughs> Definitely, mate. Um, but no, big week this week, the return of Anthony Joshua, live only on zone. That's the plug we've been uh, getting in all week, of course. An exciting fight, and a, and a good fight for AJ. Obviously, we were there when... Dillian White boxed Jermaine Franklin, and we were both guilty, weren't we? I think we've mentioned this before, you know. I think we expected Dillian White to win that fight in good fashion. Jermaine Franklin surprised a lot of people that night. He's come into this fight with more time to prepare, with more confidence, more assured of himself, more assured of his ability and his level, in better shape. And, you know, I don't think this is as as simple as being what's been described as a confidence builder for AJ. I think uh, this is going to be a competitive fight. I guess, in a way, that's one of the reasons they took the fight, right? They wanted someone with a little bit of substance, and... It is a comeback fight of sorts. Just going back on that note you just mentioned then about the uh, coming in better shape. I was thinking this morning, could that go against him? You know, he's lost 24 pounds. Punch resistance. Exactly, yeah. Well, we are perched on the first floor of the hotel in a, a little seating area. We've got some jazz music playing on the speakers and a few people having their own meetings and laughing and joking. So apologies if uh, there is a bit of background noise. But in terms of the card this week, obviously a bit of bit of crazy news really in the situation with Felix Cash being forced out to fight through illness and come if the hour come if the man come if Galau you fight it's uh I think he's quite happy to be honest that he's not flying out to the States next week yeah it saves him a long 16 hour flight we saw them just downstairs in reception earlier and you know there's a lot of lot of family already here so I guess in a way it kind of worked out quite well for him and in terms of what's coming up San Antonio of course next week like we, we just mentioned are you flying out there I'm going on Monday. Okay. Which is when you're flying to see Katie Taylor as well. I fly Sunday. Sunday, sorry. So well, you, you enjoy a day off, mate, because I haven't got one. <laughs> mate, I'm, uh, there is no days off in this job. <laughs> I'm, uh, 
I'm just looked at my flights earlier and I'm leaving the hotel after the fight at 6am, which is going to be lovely, but spending three days with Katie Taylor out in Connecticut, really excited for that. We're taking a, a little crew over for our Make the Days Count build-up documentary. We've got a couple of days pencil, penciled in with Chantel Cameron as well, of course. I wonder there's a phone ringing now. Um, <laughs> Hello? All good, all good, all good. We'll leave that bit in, mate. We'll leave that bit in. Um, yeah, so uh, a couple of days penciled in with, with Chantel as we build up to a monster fight on May 20th in Dublin. And that's one thing that has happened, obviously, since we've, we've been away, was the press conference in, London, uh, in Dublin, rather, the, the launch presser for what promises to be a, a huge night. Yeah, shaping up, isn't it? We got a little, um, a little taste of it. We was over there for, for the day and was filming with Katie. Um, some of that stuff has obviously been held back for the documentary, like you mentioned. We've got someone special here who actually... He's making his debut. He's just brought my water bottle from upstairs. Take Darren a seat, Fleur, take a seat. Sit down, Darren. Man of sit many down. talents. Darren Fleurs is one of the unsung heroes of matchroom boxing, for sure. Started off as a driver, but through, uh, through hard work and dedication, he is now a very valued member of the team. Head of logistics, a fighter's favourite. Darren, uh, welcome to the show. How are you enjoying fight week so far, my friend? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> the AJ show. If you can do an AJ show, you can do any show in the world. These are the hardest shows to do, but hey, look, that's what we're in the game for. What people don't know, don't live just yet, Darren. I've got one question <laughs> for you. He don't want to be here. One question for you, Darren. Um, the boy, the, the Darren, Darren's got four sons, and I'm sure they'd all be thrilled to know that his dad's famous now. But, Darren, in terms of Anthony Joshua, you have the luxury of knowing AJ for a very long time, and you actually drove him, I believe, to his first press conference when he signed with Matram. Uh, good friends. We saw him, a great picture of the pair of you at the press conference yesterday. He made his way over to greet you, as you told us. You and said reminisce. And reminisce over the good days in, in the back of the car when you used to drive him all over London. Yeah, <laughs> didn't mean it like that. Um, when you used to drive him all around London. But what's your relationship like with, with the big man and how excited are you to see him back in the ring on Saturday night? Firstly... You ask a question like Jonathan Ross, just keep talking and talking, and I've got a one-word answer. Your question's about a minute long, and I forgot what the question was. No, uh, yeah, but he's my mate, isn't he? Like, uh, the best thing with him, used to drive him loads, he, uh, when he had his best fight, Klitschko, Wembley Stadium. What a night. In front of probably 200,000 people, if you listen to Froch, but maybe not. But... Um, we went to, me and Ed went to see him three days later in a gym for a photo shoot. Ed gave him a gift, like a Louis Vuitton bag with some nice stuff inside it. And then uh, I got two minutes with him, just having a chat. And the first thing he said was, you were with me day one. And I said, you what? He said, you were with me day one. I said, how can you remember that after you've just come out of this worldy fight? And I drove him to his first ever press conference and he still to this day has remembered that. So, it says a lot, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, he, he, he recognises you, appreciates your, your hard work that you've done for him down here. And he's just a nice bloke, let's be honest. He you is. strip away he a is. superstar, athlete, boxer. He's, yeah. actually, he's, a, he's a nice bloke. He's a lovely fella and he's got to go back to banging people out. That's what he's, that's what he's best at. Knock him out, AJ. No messing about. I've got to go. Got to read. <laughs> Darren's a busy man. We'll let you go. Darren, thanks for that um, David, David Brent-esque uh, little anecdote there. Enjoyed it, mate. And if you want to hear more from Darren, if you want <laughs> to hear more Ross. from Darren, we're talking about maybe doing a series of uh, when Darren drives people around, we'll, we'll mic up the car and just catch a little bit. Do you know what? Darren has some of the best stories. That I'm not sure would. they can be told, though. That's the problem. But some of the stories he's got of, of, with the fighters are unbelievable. And he's met everyone and anyone. He should write a book one day. He should. Memoirs. Um, I'd, I'd buy it. I'll go to the book signing. Yeah. 
Well, I know most of his story, so I don't think, <laughs> but I'm sure some people would, would be interested. But just talking of AJ there, he seemed in really good spirits all week. I had my, uh, my first sit-down interview experience with Anthony Joshua on Monday. I won't lie, I was nervous. I was nervous. I've only been that nervous for when I did Canelo, listen to me, in, um, in Las Vegas. I was, I was more nervous for this one, I think, for some reason. I suppose you've been brewing for a while. Yeah, and I what, think so. How many AJ fights have you done? Three? Three or four, but I'm a big. I was always a big Anthony Joshua fan, and I think you know. I'll be honest, more more so than I was a Canelo Alvarez fan before I worked in boxing. So I was nervous, but he seems in great spirits. I thought he spoke really well at the press conference this week. Enjoyed him going back at Jermaine Franklin as well, and like Darren just said there, I am expecting AJ to be measured, to to showcase a bit of what he's been working on with Derek James, but but win this fight in style. I think. Yeah, the attributes that Derek James kind of preaches, if you like, kind of weighs into the to the discussion that you know Anthony maybe has lost a little bit of spite and whatnot so you think if he's topping that back up then yeah certainly you should uh, should get him out of there and let's be honest if he does want to contend at the very very top with the big names you kind of have to think he has to put on a bit of a destructive display here well around about 10.30pm a sold out O2 arena we will have those questions answered live of course only on the zone. we can't wait the live broadcast of course starts from 7pm before the bell from 4pm so you do not want to miss all the action live as I say only on The Zone Well 20 year old Southpaw started as a super middleweight not that way anymore but John Hedges joins us now from a busy fight week hotel if if you're hearing a bit of backup noise there it is bustling we're just next door to the O2 Arena of course as, as we count down to Saturday night Anthony Joshua back at the O2 for you John First of all, I have to say, I didn't even recognise you uh, with a facial hair. Did you, Scott? Who's this geezer? I think it's rocking. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, what was the thought process behind this one, mate? Because I must say, I said this to you yesterday, not in a bad way, but it's put a few years on you. And when you look back to the, the young 18-year-old boy who, who turned professional and boxed Jan Ardon, yeah. you, look, uh, you look like a new man. Exactly that, Jamie. Like, basically, really, I'd, the beard's grown. So everyone in the gym is saying, look, you look like a, you look like a man now. You're not like this child. I always look like the baby in the gym, especially fight week. I'd always have a fresh shave. So I'd have this pale baby face on me. And then, uh, yeah, it was more Tibbsy's idea. Mark was like, keep, keep the beard for this fight. So I was like, go on, let's do it. And then, um, yeah, basically, basically saw that. And it shows me maturity. You're starting to see these fights now. I look like a different fighter each one. And that's all part of it. Certainly maturing, and this is your, your fourth fight as well at the O2 Arena, but your first on an Anthony Joshua card, I believe. Um, for you as a young man to, to be given this type of opportunity, you've certainly earned this regular slot that you're getting, but how does it feel to be part of such a big event this weekend? It's absolutely mad. I was saying it earlier to some of them downstairs, like to think that I'm 20 years of age, it'd be just a blessing to box at the O2 once. I'm there for my fourth time, and on an Anthony Joshua bill, it is something I swear to you I never, ever dreamed of. Like, I never think I'd ever, I dreamed of it, obviously. I never thought I'd ever get there. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I said, like, when I, when I see Joshua's picture next to mine, it feels, it feels surreal. But at the end of the day, like you say, I wasn't given this opportunity. I've, I've worked for it, and it's time to take it and make a statement Saturday. I know you signed, uh, not too long ago, a, a longer-term deal with Matram. Like I said about getting these opportunities, what does that do, John, for your own self-belief? Do you think that you know you, you have that? that foundation there now you know you're in safe hands for the next little while and I guess now it's just up to you to get the job done in the ring exactly Jamie like I'm blessed that uh, Eddie put me on a like I say a long term deal and it just gives me the 
the, the, the slow, gradu the gradual build that I can do now. So instead of having to think, oh, I've got to rush these fights because I want to stay on these big TV slots and I want to stay with, the, in my, like my opinion, the best promotion there is, um, I've got that bit of stability now. So it's like, it's down to me. As long as I work hard, train hard, take the right fights at the right time, which this contract will allow me to do, I'll be in a great place. And like we always reiterate, I'm 20 years of age. So put a couple of years on me and there's, there's no rush for these titles, but let's start knocking on doors now and then start getting them by the end of this year or... Seven and no now as a pro. You actually, John, Takeley in Essex is from, that's about three, four miles, I think, where I grew up, uh, a little village called Newport, Essex, yeah. is where I'm from. I just wonder, like, you know, being on this stage, having your blue tick on Instagram now, how's, uh, how has life changed for you and, and in what ways do you think you're still very much grounded and feet on the ground? It's mental. Like, like you say, you know what the villages are like in our area. They're very oldie-worldy, countryside, walk your dogs. There's, no, there's nothing happening in that sense. There's no exceptional sports people or a bit like hot fuzz yes exactly a bit like hot fuzz yeah and uh, yeah it's, it's nice to be a bit of a face in that area of course and, and, and have a good local backing I'm very lucky that every fight I have I'm always asking for more tickets every time I, I'll, I'll buy 200 and I want more of Bella and I'm constantly pestering because my fan base is growing by the second and especially local and becoming a bigger name and I was never we always say this, but I was never that kid to, I'm the boxer. It's now people know me without me having to tell people, because I wouldn't tell people. I'm very like laid back and come across humble as, as possible. Um, but yeah, it's massive, man. It's, it's, it's crazy when you walk down the street and people are asking for photos, and I feel like I feel like a, I feel like a bit of an idiot getting photos with them, but I suppose I'm getting to that stage now where I'm, uh, I'm getting up the ranks. Jamie gets out all the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> you secretly love it, though. Come on, admit it. 100% listen this, this is what we dreamed of that's part of it isn't it yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. this yeah. is what I dreamed of I dreamed of like I was that kid I was a, I'm a boxing fan away from being a boxer and I was the kid who went to the weigh-ins and I used to peer over and see Eddie Earn and think oh he might come over I'll get a picture one day like do you know what I mean now I'm now second nature to do things like that so I know how them young fighters feel getting a photo with me I'm, I'm making their day and it's, it's crazy to think that I'm at that level now you mentioned Mark Tibbs, um, friend of the podcast. We've had Jimmy on as well before. Um, great man, great trainer. I think it's been ne nearly five, six months, is it, since your last fight? Last October, wasn't it? As a young man, I know you're in the gym all the time, but what's been the thought process through the last few months? What have you been able to work on from Mark? And, and what's been the message from Mark as well in this time? The main thing from Mark is time. Like He said, like the, the first thing Jimmy said to me when I walked into their gym, I was still 18, he was like, you, you're a very young son. Like he, he, he was. He's very nice to me, Jimmy, and he, he, he's probably one of my biggest supporters. But at the time, he was like, "I'll be truthful with you. You're too young to be a professional." He said, "You're a great fighter, but he believes a very old school route that you, you, you turn professional when you are a man, not when you're developing into a man." So now he's seen the development. He's, he's kind of you're seeing them buzzing round you and they're watching you and got a smile on their face and saying, "Call you're, you're a serious fighter now." It's like. I have put a graft in. I've shown, I've shown that my development is key and it, and, it, and it has been taking place. It seems like a proper family dynamic. There, Obviously, you have the family dynamic anyway with Mark and Jimmy, but he just commands respect, don't they? The pair of them do, um, and it, it must be great to, to have them two as mentors. Yeah, exactly. They keep you in place, and I always say this, what Jimmy's forgot, most people would never have learned, and, and, and that's, that's the truth. He's been in the corner of some of the best fighters in the world, and he's trained the best fighters in the world, so he's got it all in his knowledge, and Mark done the same Mark's had some great fighters in his stable so to have the both of them together it's a great combination and come fight night when you've got Jimmy in your corner and you're walking out and you've got Mark as well and Sonny Cannon my SNC coach I've got a proper strong corner it's just down to me then I, there's nothing I could have any better um, around me and, and the reason for a little bit of inactivity what we've had is been I had a few niggles and 
I'm the first one to rush straight back in the camp. I wanted to be, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. But that just shows I've got a great team behind me because the first thing Mark went is get back in the gym by all means, but we're taking our time. The little niggles got to prepare, uh, repair and we've got to get them things right. And, and that's exactly right with them. I joked about it when we first started there that when you turned over, I remember the video was like, I'm John Edges from Essex, 18 years old, six foot five, super middleweight, everyone's worst nightmare. Um, and I remember seeing that video and thought, this kid's got... This kid's got something about him, but looking at your frame and you talked about how you're developing and how Mark and Jimmy are watching you develop, where does Mark and where do you yourself, I guess it will take time to see just how your body naturally fills out, but is it looking more like towards cruiserweight in your opinion? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think if we sat here and asked Mark now, he'd say he's going to be a heavyweight at the age of 25 and that's what he's always said to me when he first looked at me, he said, there's no way... You, you said you when I when I said I'm campaigning at super middle, they just laughed at me. They took the piss out of me. Literally, the first day I walked in the gym, and I was like, "What did you have your debut at?" Then I was like, "I made championship weight on my debut," and he was like, "Everything like the performance and the nerves." He said, "You've done everything wrong," and it was just a learning curve. So for him to understand that, he was like, "Mate, you're going to be a heavyweight." So when I'm in the gym, I blow I blow up over to over cruiser. He's just cutting back down, and I've got a body where. I'm not fully developed, so I do have a few bit of fat on show and things like this. And people are like, oh, you can skin down to that, but got to be realistic. If I skin down to to light heavy championship now, am I going to hold that for longer than a year? So I don't want to win a title and then think I've got to vacate that now. It's it's a it's a when you move through the weights, in my opinion, unless you're a renowned fighter at world level and things like that, it's a very big thing. Like you've got to, as soon as you move into that cruiserweight, you've got to develop as a cruiserweight fighter you can't just jump weight categories and think you're going to be world level in that weight category as well so the whole whole process behind us are, are we're taking our time slowly moving into a cruiser now and eventually it's going to be hard to make cruiserweight and um, I'll be I'll be prepared I'll be four or five fights in and knocking on doors for titles Stepping up to eight rounds this weekend I know that's something you're excited about Daniel Bocianski 11-2 and two, good opponent on paper and there's a certain man who went six rounds with him at Wembley Stadium on the Fury White undercard last year I just wonder for you, John, when that man, by the way, is Tommy Fury, of course, for those who haven't twigged, but I wonder for you, there's always going to be comparisons in this sport. Will it be nice to, to do what Tommy couldn't, do you think, on Saturday night? That's obviously, that's going to be my goal. I'm going to, even if I don't get him out there, it's going to be to put on a better performance than what Tommy did because it's competition in this sport and competition makes you perform better, in my opinion. You need to have something to wake you up and a and I just think he's a great opponent altogether because it's a step-up fight. He's game as they come. Tommy, in my opinion, boxed very well against him, hit him with absolutely everything, and he still come back for more. Um, so it's going to be one of them fights where he's a six-foot-three fighter. I'm used to small fighting small fighters, so it's going to be nice to have someone a bit taller, a bit rangy, and to get in there and show what I'm all about. Did we see that fight? Or was, or was we uh, still in a bar at that point? Yeah, so me and Scott went to that fight as... Uh to support Fans. Dillian White. Um, of course, Fans. we were in Rosette as well. I was very disappointed. Scott was like, I've sorted you out tickets. They're, you know, it's all good. Or they're on me. And then, Freebie's a freebie, mate. You can't, you can't knock it. The sad thing is, it didn't come free with a pair of binoculars, John. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I watched the whole fight on a big screen. But I know in that fight, Tommy hit him with a massive right hand, right on a button. I think he did well not to, to get up from that, to be honest, and, and hear the final bell. So you certainly expect him to, to weather a few storms and be tough in there. Exactly, and uh, and on paper, he's had more bigger occasions than I have because even before that, he, he, he boxed a great fighter who was like 20 wins and four losses, something like that. And that was in a big stadium event in, I can't even remember the country, but it was a massive stadium event. He's been on a Fury undercard. So we know for a fact that this big stage is going to be second nature to him. So I, I've got a man with great experience, a great record, and it's going to be it's gonna be great to put it on the line. Well, around 6.20pm, the ring walk time, main event you are on before the bell. So uh, that's a a nice little claim for for you to have, John. And excited. And I guess the the final message from you is is what we can expect for those tuning in tomorrow night. 
Saturday night, rather. Sorry, I keep, do you know what? Because the press conference was on a Wednesday, I keep thinking it's weigh-in day. So. To be fair, this probably will go out on Friday. So. Oh, there you go. But, uh, <laughs> final message from you, John. What can we expect? Main thing on Saturday night is going to be a composed performance, show my development as always, and I want to show my spitefulness. I honestly, I think you'll see if, if I get him going, he'll, I'll take him out. And I want to, I want to show the fans. That. I want to show the fans that I'm not just this Chris Boxer. That I'm an exciting fighter, and I'm a one to watch. Certainly one to watch. John Hedges is always great to catch up with you, local Essex boy, lot of potential as well. Uh, a very wise head on young shoulders, and we look forward to seeing you back doing what you do best on Saturday night. Thanks so much for coming on. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers, John. Well, Jack Cattrall joined Eddie Hearn on the stage in West London before the Anthony Joshua weigh-in to announce his new deal with Matram, the second out of three big fighters joining the team. Let's hear from him and Eddie a little bit earlier on. Well, Jack, welcome. Um, another similar situation. I've watched you with various promoters and platforms over the years. And we have to say, and as a boxing fan, and I think we need to leave this at the door as well. Ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, in everyone's opinion that sort of fight, this is the reigning, undisputed champion of the world, Jack Cattrall. We should have that title. And we'll, we'll get there as well, we'll get there. But moving forward, what we do need is activity. Yes. And that's key to this move as well. Want to box globally, want to box the biggest names in the sport as well. We're looking to get out. You will fight May 27th on a card to be announced tomorrow night. And then straight in after that headlining in Manchester as well. But activity key at this point in your career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you just said, probably leave it at the door now. But I need some stability in my career now. Uh, I've had the big fight, dip my toes in there, but I'm excited to build now and get back in a position to challenge for them big world title fights and be involved in some great nights going forward. Teaming up with Sam Jones, who's very active, got a lot to say and very aggressive as well. Our conversations about who to fight, there wasn't really a no from you guys. You know, when we talked about that fight back in May, we both had similar opinions. You know, we talked about that headline fight in Manchester in September. You want all those guys. Of course, Josh Taylor, but Regis Progre as well, another fight that's very attractive to you. Yeah, I'm coming into the prime years of my career now. Uh, I'm ready for these big fights. I've been screaming for them for the last two years. Uh, through no fault of my own, they've not materialised, but I'm confident now with our partnership that these big fights will be delivered. And obviously, we talked about the ability to not grow you or build you, you're built there, but headline in Manchester, but also the ability with the zone to box internationally in many different markets. You know, we have a lot of 140 pounders in Australia and of course in America as well and, and that is definitely a vision you have as well to obviously be a headline act in Manchester but box all over the world as well. Yeah of course we look at the 140, 135, 140 division now there's a there's 10, 15, 20 fighters we could name that uh, are great matchups and like you just said there's going to be the possibility now to box globally. Uh, got a lot of support back at home in Manchester and Charlie so I'm confident we'll have some big nights in Manchester and around the world. Well, I can't wait. May 27, Jack Catchell will be back and boxing in big shows all around the world as he looks to finally, and rightfully so, become a world champion in the 140-pound division. We have one more signing to announce. During the weigh-in, another world champion joining the stable announced soon. But for now, like I said, in my opinion, the undisputed light welterweight champion of the world, Jack Catchell. Thank you, Ed. Well, big news, Jack Cattrall, uh, a really interesting signing and an exciting signing as well. I think, as Eddie just said there, in a lot of people's eyes, many people, I remember, Scott, we actually watched this fight. Uh, just over the road, mate. In a bar, whisper. In a, um, in a pub, I think it was. Um, 
Just over the road. Yeah, in the O2. It was. It was what a Coley. What were we here for? A Coley Sislac on the Sunday. Correct. That's why we, we went Sunday. In. We had the weigh-in on the Saturday. And yeah, we had a bit of food, maybe a drink or two. Yeah. And watched the fight. Yeah, in the bar at the O2. There was quite a big crowd of us, weren't there? And I actually do remember being quite angry after that. To be honest with you, always got on really well with Josh Taylor. But I thought it was pretty evident and clear-cut that Jack did win that fight. I mean, it was close. Look, let's, you know. Let's be honest, it was close, but... Well, as I was saying, you know, Eddie was saying in, in the eyes of many, perhaps the undisputed world champion, Jack Catchell, he trained with a great team. Obviously, we're, we're massive fans of Jamie Moore Nige. and Nigel Travis as well. Um, just if Nigel Travis is around, always tie your trousers up because he is famous wear, for pulling your trousers down. Always wear jeans on fight week, just in case. <laughs> Even though he's not got fire on this week, you never know where he might appear from. But, I mean, Eddie on the stage mentioned Regis Progray as being a, a potential fight. I mean, I think, like... When you look at Jack and, you know, he's not boxed since the Josh Taylor fight, which I think was last February now. So, you know, activity, the key now. And as Eddie said, getting him out as soon as possible, very much the idea. Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess for Jack as well, you know, you've had that taste of almost success so near for all the marbles to have your dream shattered and whatnot. And I guess it is a bit of a rebuilding process. The belts have obviously fragmented. Um, Josh Taylor's got one, I think, left now. Um, So... He's got to carve an opportunity for himself to get back into top contention straight away. And the only way to do that is to fight one of the guys who are in the top sort of two or three. So you go through the four divisions, you're going to, you're going to have to fight someone very, very good. Well, I, I don't think Jack's in any mood to, to hang about, really, do you? I think he, he's not interested in necessarily a, a tune-up fight. I think he wants to get straight in with one of the big boys. I think he showed he, he can hack it at the top. Definitely. You know? Josh Taylor's arguably the best undisputed world champion and... Many say he beat him. So what's the point of taking a, a step backwards, even though he has a, had a year out? I think, you know, he, he's basically admitted he's been in the gym since then. So he'll be ready to go. And when you've got Sam Jones behind you, uh, he can be aggressive. He's, uh, he knows what he wants for his fighters. And I think, like we just said there, he'll be, he'll be doing every, everything to, to secure these big fights very quickly. So we look forward to seeing Jack Catchell El Gato in the ring, officially for the first time under the Matram banner. And welcome to the team, Jack Catchell, but the news didn't stop there, did it? Good afternoon, Shannon. Welcome to officially to the Matchroom and the Zone team. I have to say, being part of the 258 stable, Anthony Joshua's management team, when I heard you'd signed for Boxer and Sky Sports, I wasn't very happy. I didn't talk to him for a while, but you're back in your rightful place now. Looking forward to being part of the team. Yeah, no, I'm very um, blessed and grateful to be here. You know, DAZN is a global platform and Matram put on fantastic shows um, all around the world. So to be able to build my fan base and to showcase my skills to a wider audience, I'm very, very happy to do that. One thing we do do well, not playing our own trumpet, is women's boxing. Yeah. I mean, it's been unbelievable in terms of its rise in participation, both at grassroots and elite level, but also the interest from the broadcasters and from the fans as well part of your decision as well. You look at our, you know, our stable of obviously Katie Taylor, Alicia Baumgartner, Chantel Cameron, Terry Harper, it goes on and on. Ebony Bridges is another world champion and we really know how to, to move the females into world championship contention. Yeah, I truly believe I can be one of the best and I believe that I have the talent and the skill set to, to go all the way in the sport. Obviously 4-0 now, moving up to eight rounds. June 10 will be your first fight under the matchroom and the zone banner as well. Looking for a couple of eight rounds. And then as we've seen on the female code, progressing to championship rounds by probably the end of 2023. Yeah, the two minutes go super quick, but there's nothing we can do about that at the moment. So eight rounds will suit me perfect for my style um, and I'm ready to get out there June 10th. 
And finally, as well, uh, your management honcho, if you like, Anthony Joshua. A big fight on Saturday night, O2 Arena. One of your partners as well on, your, on the commercial side as well. But looking forward to seeing him back as well on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. He's going to do the job. And I just wanted to say a massive thank you to O2. Um, what a fantastic partnership to be a part of. Uh, they've supported me since the very beginning and we're looking to go all the way. Well, welcome to the team. One of the biggest stars in female boxing over on the Matchroom and the Zone platform, looking to position herself for a shot at the world title from Watford, Channon Ryan. Thank you. Well, thanks as always for listening to Flash Knockdown. A little bit of a, a bodge job uh, podcast today. I think we've been recording most of this from the Fight Week Hotel, sort of perched up on the side of a, a little table to be honest with you so yeah well a couple of features unfortunately fell through didn't they we had an inkish dry lined up which i think we'll probably have to postpone um and alias apron unfortunately fell through due to other commitments for the fighter in in uh, in demand should we say someone slipped under the apron slipped on it and didn't uh, make it out from under the apron <laughs> how do we want to work it's a no, it's a no contest <laughs> um but, but thanks as always to our guests uh John Hedges and all our new signings, Sonny Edwards, Jack Catchell and Shannon Ryan. Massive nights ahead for those three. And John Hedges, of course, who returns on Before the Bell Saturday night live on Zone. I think when we just have a quick bit of reflection on this week, it's always a busy week, isn't it? With Anthony Joshua and at the weigh-in today, weighed in, I believe, a career heaviest. Yeah, I think Carlos Takam, he was 251, might be a pound or two out there. And he come in today at 255.2. What does that suggest, do you think? It's interesting, isn't it? We spoke about this before and it was alluded to on the David Diamante podcast with Derek James, you know, he is renowned for having his fighters come in aggressive. So is it, you know, he's going to plant his feet and let his hands go? Could be, could be, uh, could be something in that maybe. Well, as Eddie said, when Anthony Joshua lets his hands go, he puts the fear of Christ into people. We all want to see it. We want to see an explosive Anthony Joshua. We want to see him rolling back the years. And where better for him to do that than the Lions Den, where it all began. Anthony Joshua back at the O2 Arena this Saturday night, exclusively live on zone, looking to get back on track. It's the start of the new dawn, the new chapter under Derek James. And as I say, it's all live on zone. Do not miss it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, uh, uh.